0: This is Jack. Hey, I'm Damien. This is Corin.
1: You are listening to the Think Breaks podcast.
0: No, no. no. Welcome to Think Break uh, podcast. Hello, hello, everybody. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's <laughs> how it's starting. That's the intro done.
1: <laughs> how are you guys, man? We've not we've not recorded since before Christmas, so
0: how is it yeah merry christmas everyone. happy new year fucking tired like really tired (laughs) (laughs) just got off of work about let's see 56 minutes ago oh damn how was work are your are your shift patterns still all over the place
1: so like one day you'll do nights and then another you do a daytime just the weekends i
0: do overnight oh okay okay i do get monday and tuesday off though so there's that
1: how about you, Karen? How have you been?
0: Um I've been alright, I've been
2: busy, busy. Um yeah, work has been work has been very, very hectic. So um yeah, not had much time to do much else. Um Yeah, musically as well, lots has been done. Um the album's done, so it's gonna get launched in a couple of months. Um yeah, so yeah It's it's been a roller coaster. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like Karen every time you say that. Oh yeah, it's done. It'll be released two years from now. <laughs> Honestly, like it, goes, like it goes further and further
2: dude. back. Honestly, no, no. This time I think no, no. This time it's done. I mean, I sent you both copies of it, so yeah, it's done. Nice. What about you, Jack?
1: Yeah, not too much. Not too much, man. It's all this year's very busy. I've got um, I've got my daughter on the way, haven't I? So congratulations. That's kind of a, turn everything upside down a little bit. So yeah, mostly yeah, that's just... going to be weird, um, right? Yeah, scary. But exciting at the same time, so... And weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to be responsible for another human life.
0: Yeah, I know. That's fucking crazy, man. Who would have, who would have ever thought of trusting me? <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? What would she think? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. That is crazy, though, right? Like, goddamn, being a dad or a mom, I mean... You have a literal human being underneath your wing, pretty much. Like, yeah, like everything is your responsibility. Yep, 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 yep. Like, goddamn, I think the most I can do is a dog. <laughs> oh, I love dogs. Though. Seriously, man, my dogs dog is basically like part of the family. He is family.
2: Yeah, they. Oh are. yeah, oh, that's right. how he should be. Yeah. It was um,
1: it was before Christmas we recorded, or was it afterwards? Wasn't it? It was just. It was just before, wasn't
0: it? Twas after, correct?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just a bit before. I think, like maybe a couple of days before. Oh, okay, I'm just yeah. i was
1: just wondering. What do you, What about um, Have you guys got any New Year's resolutions, or
0: do you think it's all bollocks? Yeah, it's all bullshit, dude. I mean, come on. If you really want to change, you'd probably just. You may not even say anything. You would just go through the motions of changing. Yeah, exactly. Like
2: I've got one. But I'd say, I, you know, people call it a New Year's resolution. But I've just said I'll be more organized with my life. And it's actually going really well. Um, like
0: but what's did- the point of a New Year's resolution, really?
2: Well, see, I was going to do it earlier. But for me, I just thought, you know, starting that's- the New Year fresh, I guess that's why people do it. It's the first like, isn't time that I've done what a I mean resolution.
0: Like, like, I mean, like, what's the point of putting, like, a, like a date? Like, okay, I'm going to change on December 12th. Yeah, 12, exactly. change, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a you fair know? <laughs> point
2: um but yeah no this is actually the first time i've done a resolution in quotation marks um because other, other times i feel like when you say new year's resolution people end up doing it for maybe one day and then it just goes out the window
0: well yeah, it's because the pressure is so much just yeah to, let's you hear a lot of people like in uh coming out of rehab, they're like trying to stay clean, right? They always say taking it day by day, right? Because you just don't fucking know. Yeah. That's with anything in life, man. Like you just take it day by day, change if you're gonna change. That's that. I think I think for some
1: people it probably is just easier to to set a marker, even if it is, you know, New Year's Day, and say, I'm gonna start doing this from then, because it's easier to to have like a bit of a checkpoint and say, right. I'm starting it, then we'll see how it goes. Almost like um, having a
0: deadline, I guess. I guess so, yeah. yeah. And then, like, there's a majority of people, like, I'd say 90% of people probably are like, Yeah, I'll do this on New Year's. Ah, oh, it's New Year's. Okay, I'll give, it yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll give it another week. Let's do another week. I got it on uh, January, yeah. 10th. How does January 10th. How's January 10th sounding? uh oh, good, good. Then January 10th hits around, it's like, Ah, oh, shit.
2: Oh, another week. Uh,
0: oh no. <laughs> maybe we should go to. Let's do January. I will start tomorrow, January eleventh. How about that? Don't, yeah. Mm. Most yeah, of it. A...
1: Um, most of it's kind of like diet, and and I'm not drinking and stuff like
0: that as well. Or I'm going to you know, hit cut, the gym. That sort of thing. And, yeah, yeah. So in the UK, I've I was curious. Do you guys get checkpoints like DUI checkpoints? What do you mean? Sorry. As as in like random stops. Well, like driving, like uh, here in America, we get like random checkpoints to see if you're drunk as shit or something.
1: Well, like when the police pull you over, it's just like a a random.
0: No, it's not even, they don't even just randomly pull you over. It's like a literal dead stop checkpoint that they set up on like, usually it's on the back roads that I've noticed it the most. Oh, okay.
1: okay. And they literally just,
0: they check your ID and they make sure that everything's looking good. Nothing looking weird in your car, your breath's not smelling like booze, you know? You guys don't get that (laughs) over there? I don't think we've got that, no. Well, I've never seen it. No fucking way. Not checkpoints or anything. No, I mean, if the police suspect something,
1: they'll just pull you over. But yeah, no, it's not checkpoints. That's fucking crazy.
0: That is so crazy. What makes you wonder this? I was just curious because I've never really heard of anything like that going down in the UK. But it happens all the fucking time here. Especially, like, on those holidays, like, when people are, like, really fucking hammering it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, where well, it's more like... It's kinda makes
1: make sense, though, I
0: think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does. It, it does. I mean, you're required... The minute you get a driver's license, I think you're required to take a breathalyzer test. Like, you have to. You can't deny it. I mean, if you do, you'll probably go to jail or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... I think I believe don't quote me on this but it's also illegal to like avoid a checkpoint like say you're going down this road that doesn't have very oh, no okay. many turns and then there's a checkpoint up it's like oh shit so uh I've always I've always wondered like what if I just fucking like I take a right at this lane right and then this cop just tries to come behind me and I park in front of a house right and then I start walking up to it like I own that shit and he's like hey sir <laughs> 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 like hey you all right it's like yeah man just uh, just going to my house he's like oh okay like, well, I saw you at the checkpoint, so, and you kind of, like, just dodged it, so I was just curious as I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I just, I live here. As you're getting closer to the door, you don't even know who the fuck these people are. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's like, okay, can I see your ID? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, so you don't live here. And you're like, oh, sorry, man, I'm just drunk. I got to get to the next, it's the next house. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like, I've always just, I've always just, like, it's fucking crazy. I can't believe you guys don't have checkpoints. It's just so normal over here. Yeah. Yeah, we've never heard of those. I mean,
1: maybe, but yeah, I've not heard of it, so I don't think so. So, you guys are just driving drunk as fuck all the time over there? Yeah, of yeah, course. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> drugs, too.
2: Well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you can't forget the drugs. I mean, yeah, alcohol, <laughs> I mean,
0: you know, you know. Like a nice little cocktail. Yeah, in the glass too, like it was just freshly made at some expensive bar in your fucking drive. You took (laughs) the glass. You literally hold the the glass with one hand hand and then steer with the other. That's how it's done.
1: (laughs) Steer with your feet, man. Steer with your feet. Oh, yeah, of course, course, Jack, of course. Why are
0: you even fucking steering? Just don't drive (laughs) it at all, you know? You're just in the seat. Oh, yeah, of course. Cruise control. (laughs) I should actually point
2: out, guys, do not drink and drive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, seriously, do do not drink and drive. Do not do drugs and drive just drive normally or you're you. banned from the podcast yeah you live much. in london anyways right karen yeah literally on the edge of london a uh, place called hayes it's okay i, I mean, don't know is that like part of is that like a piece of london or is that like an it's pretty much like the out it's pretty much like the outskirts of west london it's like a little
0: town um
2: so it is not, it's
0: its own city town town small city yes so like it's it's not a part of london is what i mean
2: no, no, it's a, it's like it's a its small town little... that's within London, because London's got many <laughs> little places.
0: So you do live in London. That's what I just said.
2: That's what I just said. I live literally on the
0: edge of London. Yeah, but, like, saying I live on the edge of something is different than saying you live, like, in it, right?
2: Um,
0: I mean, I know yeah. plenty of people that live on the edge of North Carolina, but they don't live in North Carolina. Okay, well, I, I live within just, the edge of London. <laughs> okay, I guess so Sure
1: Fucking hell Ah, so, drum and bass <laughs> Yeah,
2: oh yeah, that's, that's a thing it? we do, isn't it?
0: Um, yeah, so Dubstep, that's all I do now is dubstep Oh shit, man Where's it, oh, oh, brostep, Skrillex? Isn't that what they call it? Like, they call it brostep, Skrillex? I never like, understood step? the meaning of, like, why it's called bro. Step, yeah, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Does, do, does being a bro have, like, a sound to it? Like, what? Yeah, like, where's dadstep? Where's momstep? Where's sis step? Wow. Yeah, anything step. Like, holy shit. Bro step. I need, you know what? I want a new genre in drum and bass called drum and bros or bro and bass. That's all I want. (laughs) Step step. Honestly, I haven't really been keeping up too much with uh, drum and bass lately. Haven't really checked out any new tunes. What the hell, man? What are you doing? Drum and bass is life. It is life. Like for an hour or two, and then, <laughs> and then I'm not doing it for a little bit, and then I'm doing it. Yeah, I think. Well,
1: I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I would say that's a uh, that's a typical sort of, of outlook. Anyway, I I can't only listen to drum and bass. I go through periods where I might want to put some music on for a few hours and only listen to drum yeah. and bass. But in in general, it, I I just yeah I, I listen to too much other stuff
0: yeah yeah you like, agreed i just feel most comfortable listening and actually making drum and bass but you know it's uh, just there's other music out there
2: yeah definitely if yeah, you're yeah. if you're a
0: drum and bass artist that only listens to drum and bass you know you like karen said you do you right but you should definitely mm-hmm. expand the horizon a little bit you know look a little further
2: yeah i think especially if you're well, um, yeah yeah if you're especially if you're producing well not just yeah. drum and bass but any genre you should try to look at other genres so if you're a dubstep yeah. producer try and look outside of dubstep as well or a brostep producer or brostep yeah <laughs> of course if you're a brostep start making dadstep you know that sort of thing but um, yeah I just for me I just can't understand when someone only looks at the genre they're making for inspiration but again they just do them I mean it is it is definitely beneficial
1: you, you couldn't or you shouldn't, in my opinion, sit down and try and make something that you have no idea about. You might get some interesting results, but if you're actually taking it seriously and you, you want to succeed in that avenue, you you should do your research in terms of listening to stuff and knowing how roughly you want to sound and yeah. what makes the genre the genre. Um, but I, I don't I don't see how you could sit down and make something unique and interesting in a specific style if that is all you're listening to. Exactly. It's kind of impossible anyway, because, you know, you go out in public and shops have radio playing and, and whatnot. It's impossible to
0: avoid hearing other music. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I agree, man. I think drum. I mean, the, honestly, to me, the only thing that makes drum and bass drum and bass is the fast tempo and a breakbeat. That's what makes drum and bass drum and bass. If you took all of that away, if you slowed the tune down and even just made the breakbeat slower, you'd just get breakbeat music. Or fucking maybe even dubstep. Yeah. I mean, a lot of um, a lot of liquid tunes as well.
2: If you think about it, get rid of all the all the drums, switch them out for hip hop drums, and there you go—you've got a hip hop beat. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's just technical on that level,
1: like fundamentally. Yeah. With um, with what you just said though, Damon, in, in in response to the breaks and and whatnot, would would you not class some of the the more halftime
0: stuff um as drum and bass then? Just off Curious. say nah it's not really drum and bass to me. I mean, I, like I said, I think what okay, makes yeah. drum and bass, drum and bass is the, it's, I think, and not even really the breakbeat, I guess, well, I guess it is the breakbeat because there's fast tempo music that just doesn't sound like your typical drum and bass breakbeat. But I think it's that mm, almond, yeah, yeah. it's the almond breakbeat and it's just fast tempo. That's drum and bass. Mm. I mean, you could... Oh anybody could say anything differently i guess it's subjective but i think on a fundamental level to make drum and bass it's the fast tempo and it's the uh it's the almond breakbeat i guess you could call it half. i mean if you were to slow or what did you say again jack like if you took away the breakbeat
1: yeah yeah i mean you so for example there's a lot of stuff um at 170 like on exit and to critical and stuff like that i'm I'm just wondering
0: yeah you know man a lot of the music on critical sounds very samey similar and -hmm. i don't mean that as any shade to any artist or anything it just to me really like it's so minimal that i can't tell it apart from almost anything else on that label but some people like that shit i do when it's live but i don't really know if that's drum and bass though is that drum and bass like I mean, it's like more just like halftime. Like I don't know. It didn't sound like drum and bass. It just sounds like mm. if you sped it up, it would be drum and bass.
1: I mean, there's no right answer. I, I was just curious to your yeah. to your opinion. As
2: you know, especially with like um, halftime stuff. Well, uh, but, I think um, if it's halftime, it's just halftime. I think a lot of halftime stuff anyway has um, well. M- Oh, Half time, I think you can split into two different types because you've got the stuff that's coming out on like Samurai and all that stuff, but then you've got the stuff like what um, Alex Perez, Ivy Lab, and Dumblot do. But I think that's more similar to West Coast hip hop than it is.
0: Half time. pretty much, it such. almost sounds, it sounds honestly a lot. Of, there's Alex Perez shit that just is trap music, like just straight up. Yeah, it's up, a lot like, more West Coast, yeah, no, East yeah. Coast even. Yeah, like very American shit. Yeah. But some of that is a slower tempo though, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a literal hip hop beat, pretty much. It's pretty much just a hip hop beat, heavy bass and like your eight oh eight. Yeah, whatever thin snare you want to use, it's pretty much what that shit is, man.
1: I'm just, I was just curious because I mean, drum and bass is such a versatile genre, but you know, at what point? I, I was sort of wondering at what point would different people
0: start to say that that isn't drum and bass anymore and that should have its own thing. Well, have you ever heard of bounce music? no so bounce music is something that was coined in, uh i think it was louisiana i th- it was either alabama or louisiana it's one of the two and uh yeah. it's pretty much where twerking comes from is that kind of music it's it, oh okay so it's it's pretty much dude it lit- so bounce is like drum and bass it's you strip everything away and it literally all sounds the same it sounds almost exactly the same bounce music is literally the same beat with like some weird ass vocals on top of it yeah and then you can get you could go creative with it but it's i think it was taken it's literally just a couple second loop of um of it's a little it's a sample from a fucking unknown rap group i completely forget the name anyways it's it just sounds it all sounds the same bounce music all sounds the same and it's it's like i don't know i think the most trouble i have distinguishing though is like what is jungle and like how is that different from drum and bass like people literally just say well it's like the breaks are like more intricate and like more chopped up it's like well you can do that with drum and bass too i i mean it's the snare is in a different position that's it yeah yeah
1: but that's—I mean—that's—that's that's kind of what I'm—what I'm poking at, I suppose. You know, you've got jungle and drum and bass, but fundamentally, they're—they're they're the same thing, or if not the same thing, one came from the other. So, is it really necessary to have another name for the slower stuff, or is it easier to just coin it in with drum and bass? Yeah,
0: uh, yeah I just like jungles, drum and bass. To me, mm. probably going to piss off a lot of people. They're going to like start like, well, and they're going to get really nitpicky. <laughs> Well, actually, and then just start ranting. It's like, shut up, dude! It's mm. fucking German bass, okay?
1: Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it's it's your opinion, and if people want to discuss that, that's kind of why we're doing this anyway, really, isn't it? To sort of get a discussion going. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's just it's a really curious thing. Certain people are so um, what's the word like, purists? They're so adamant that it has to be this, it has to fit into this tag and and then there's other people you know as you say that it's just drum and bass enjoy it I, um, yeah i
0: can't stand yeah. getting into that side of the whole talk i like that like like when people start trying to decipher what kind of genre this is and then they create a totally new subgenre somehow yeah it's like i this is getting too like much you, you're trying to nobody gives a shit it's just fucking drum and bass well I, i'll tell you one scene where where this kind
1: of whole discussion got really toxic and it was you know as you mentioned earlier it's the whole dubstep bro step thing and my some some of the purists for you know original dubstep and or or think deep dubstep i guess they call it and that that whole scene turned really toxic when the whole heavier stuff come in and and It's just a part of me thinks like it's just I can sort of see it, but part of me thinks like it's just music and there's always Mm going to be people that still enjoy that deeper stuff just because the the bro step or whatever you call it is taken off. Just stick to what you like. But people are so intent on telling other people, oh, no, that's not right. That's not dubstep. What does it matter?
0: Exactly. Just enjoy what you want to enjoy. I mean, either way, I personally find bro step kind of goofy or kind of corny. Like the mm. sounds used, I'm just not a fan. It's too screechy. Like the typical isn't it? sounds that you'll hear in that kind of bro stepy music, I just It's not for me, dude. Hell no. I'd rather listen to a simple old dubstep beat with a slight LFO on it, and just some like nice drums on that shit, like authentic drums. Yeah. Just um, one more thing as well. Like when we're on the topic, you know,
1: earlier he said um you weren't throwing any shade but obviously critical it all sounds very similar is that not not the job of a record label but would you not argue that a record label should be sort of niche i know Corinne will have an opinion on this one
2: but, um, <laughs> actually to be fair though uh, in critical's favor here it's not like everything is the same cuz i mean sure they've got that minimal exit, stuff that but was then
0: exit. they've Exit. Right? Um, oh, sorry.
2: Sorry. It was an exit. Sorry. Because uh, I was going to say, Critical have the minimal stuff, but then they've got guys like Sam Bingo and all. So, mm. but yeah. I mean, yeah. But I mean, like, so would, would you not argue that it's a good point
0: that with certain labels, you know what you're going to get straight away? Or I think it's like, I don't know. Honestly, I think it's like all labels are niche in some way. There are labels that do have pretty expansive discographies, mm. like uh, our catalogs.
2: I'd say some labels niche is the fact that they're quite diverse. Well, I mean, it's sense. all, it
0: all fits a sound, right? I mean, it's all going to be dependent on the owner, whoever's running the label, right? Like if they, they have a, when you start a label, you have like almost this certain sound in your head that you want to release tunes like. Yeah.
2: So yeah, you're releasing
0: yeah, yeah. tunes of how, you know, in your head, what, like, oh, oh yeah, that would fit my sound perfectly. Yeah. Like even uh, like hospital recordings, even their neurofunk still sort of sounds like a hospital recordings neurofunk styled tune even like their liquid sounds like a hospital styled liquid tune kind of deal so you Mm. can be niche in the sound but i do think it's also really good to just broaden your horizon and do different things or accept different things like don't just be listen if you're i don't i really can't maybe because i haven't delved deep into it but i can't think of a single experimental label that's like Ex, like strictly experimental. That's like popped off, and I mean like popped off.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you can, la- you
0: can name these labels all day, but like, which one has popped off? I, and a for the audience, if you're listening, please let us know because I, I would like to know. Hmm. The only one that comes to mind for me is is
1: different. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know I that was one.
2: Th- I was thinking of different yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, another but one. As Damien said, into oh sorry, go on.
2: I was gonna say another one into but. I don't know if it's popped off as such, but it's definitely had very successful releases as Blue Marten's label with Blue Martin Music, because like some of the albums they've had yeah, from yeah. Kimi Law, Conduct, Frederick
0: Robinson have been very, very, very well received. Yeah, but does anybody like who I haven't even? I think just now I heard of Blue Marten's label. True, that's why I said I'm not sure if it's popped off as such, but the the albums are very successful. But like, I'm talking, I'm not talking even about the albums I'm talking because you can't have an album that can skyrocket, but maybe it doesn't skyrocket the, the label because the next releases could be, you know, not very good. But I do think that like, just I think that even though they may have successful albums, I don't know about the label, like just being like this, like everybody knows. I think with that one, people know the artist more than the label itself. Like
2: the artists are pushed to the forefront, which I think is a very good thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we sort of discussed that either last time or the time before, didn't we? About how the 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 role in of the label in the sort of current industry um, compared to the artists. I feel like a lot of the power is going back to the artists yep. now, and and art. I think artists, in my opinion, can afford to be a lot more versatile than, say, for example, labels can. I think if if as a label you know, one month you put out a Neurofunk release and then the next month you put out Liquid and then the next month you put out Jungle or, or something really experimental, it'd be... I don't think you'd lose fans, but I think it's quite hard to build yourself in, in the demographic, especially with how many labels there are now. Whereas an artist, you can be quite experimental and doing all sorts of different things, but still, it, it should
0: still have your sound yeah, to it, you know? I completely agree. It's easier, I think, for artists who make drum and bass to release tunes than other genre artists like rock and roll artists and shit, like hip-hop artists. And I think in part of yeah, it, I think it yeah. is honestly because those armors are t- like 10 times bigger than drum and bass in a lot more regions. So, so you're yeah, going to see yeah. more yeah. of the unknowns in that drum and bass area. But I think it's easier for artists to get their tune. There's, a, there's also a shitload of motherfucking labels for drum and bass too. And I mean a lot. Yeah. yeah. A lot of labels. <laughs> yeah so someone's going to find your sound enjoyable somebody is they're probably going to release it it's how a lot of smaller artists you know turn into big artists too
1: yeah 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 of course i was just going to say like with um with how many labels there are nowadays i feel like it's it's almost easier for artists to be able to um get bigger and get heard as well because they can bounce around between different labels and expand their fan base whereas when there wasn't as many at the start of drum and bass you couldn't do that you kind of really had to pick one and try your best to to get on and stay it with enough.
0: that label if i was if i owned a drum and bass label i'd just mm. be releasing everybody's music left and right if it sounded good like i'd just be releasing music all day the only thing with that though wouldn't
2: if you keep releasing tunes say one release every week wouldn't the tunes have very little shelf
0: life mm, no i don't agree with that i mean i the reason i don't like think about video games there could be (laughs) so i got a couple of really like hyped up games i want (laughs) to play doom so if doom eternal uh and cyberpunk 2077 fuck there's there's a lot of good games coming out if they all released in the same week i'd grab every single one of them and still play them and the shelf life depends on how much you enjoy that not that you uh, i don't think we should compare shelf life to oh i gotta buy the next thing oh no no, i gotta buy the next thing and then completely forget about the thing behind me the the lasting thing and shelf life is going to entirely depend on how much you like the the, the the music or how much you just like whatever that it is that you're that you're buying yeah i
2: hadn't thought I'm saying about that, that though don't you
0: think in terms of um don't no, you think in I terms don't. of I hold know. on in terms of i'm not done, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what you say i don't think the business side has any shelf life <laughs> appeal but i was
2: going to say in terms of djing though don't you sure there are a lot of djs that constantly look for the next hot thing the next hot thing and then sort of dismiss the new ones because um i feel DJs like DJs are the ones the, that make the thing hot though yeah, but when when you've got tunes releasing left, right, and center, don't you think that um, the DJs would li- dismiss the one from last week because the new one fits their new set? Because I feel like there haven't been as many
0: classics. Think about, well, classic entirely depends. It's completely subjective. I think personally, I mean, think about any movie company. They're releasing movies fucking left and right. Some of them are really good. Some of them are pretty shit. I don't, like I said, I don't think, I think release schedules are dependent on how much money you want to make on certain, like release it on a certain day or at a certain time, you know, that's, that's how much money you want to make sure. But like shelf life, I I don't, I don't know. I don't think so personally. Personally, I think shelf life just depends on the person who bought the product and how much they love that sound. I'm not someone who's going out and buying, like if it was just one label releasing, like, I don't know, five albums every week. I would just choose the albums that I wanted. I wouldn't feel compelled to buy new music all the time. And it's not to say that even, like, if you're a bigger label, you can keep promoting the older, like, you can keep promoting the song that was... Re- I see it actually all the fucking time. I think Delta 9 does it sometimes. Like, they'll they'll promote a song that was released a month ago or maybe a month and a half ago or something. So I, I don't think that... I think it's totally fine to keep releasing music it just depends on how much the people who are running the label want to put in that effort to really continue to promote the music whether whatever whenever it was released
1: like before we had this discussion i i probably would have like sort of sided with Curran, but you do make a good point. good point i think i sort of sit in the middle of it to be honest but in in the sense of i hadn't thought of it like if if someone likes something it's not to them it's not going to matter whether the label puts out another song next week or has put a dozen out the week before if they hear something they like they're going to get it and and then in the sense of DJs as well obviously a lot of DJs are looking to play the next top mm. thing and dubs and stuff like that but again if you really like something and it works in your set you you'll keep it in your set won't you i mean i don't dj but that's
0: yeah i I, I, I play. There's a certain amount of songs that I put in almost every mix all the time. I mean, even if I was this big hot. If I was fucking Andy C right now and I was DJing. If you're I, fucking him. <laughs> if, if I'm Andy C in this label that I really enjoy is releasing five albums a week and I'm fucking loving each album, I'm, he, I don't know, maybe I... He does like three-hour goddamn long sets anyways. He can fucking throw all them shits in there if he wants, if he loves them. He can make every single one of those songs hot. Plus, music just sounds really, like, way better when you're listening to it live. That's a big thing as well. Oh, yeah, that's a big different thing. But I just think... I mean, when it... Like, Shelf Life business and shelf life are like i think kind of mutually exclusive i think that business wise shelf life i don't know what kind of impact that has as a i don't run a label but maybe i i could see a problem where maybe you are releasing too much music and it's like like i don't know maybe the person that was going to buy an album like oh and then you're kind of choosing between which album you want to buy and one kind of gets left in the dust maybe yeah maybe but like i said yeah. if the label owners are willing to put in that's a lot of time and effort i know it has to be but if you're if they're willing to put in that manpower to continue to promote everything that they're releasing in a timely fashion of course you may not want to promote a song like from a year ago unless it was like a top hit or something hmm. but i do think shelf life just is going to depend on the person who's buying the product like i yeah. i don't know if i don't know man i don't know <laughs> That's just
1: me personally. <laughs> I th- I, think, I think the only time it could, you know, pushing music out that much, like for me personally, I think the only time that could be an issue is it's not so much an issue with shelf life. You know, as we said, if you like something, you like it, you keep it, whatever. But I think it's more reach in the sense that if there's just constantly music being plowed out, even if it's just one label that you like, you run the risk of people not hearing that song in the first place to know that they're going to like it. Because they can't keep up with all the releases, in a sense,
0: yeah. That's that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I do agree. Like, maybe you, they people can't keep up, but I'm not sure how much that plays in the shelf life. Because most music is digitally sold, anyways. So you can grab mm. it at any. It's not like video games that are 30 years old. There's only a limited quantity left. Like these are files that you can keep downloading. There's like an infinite number of these files. So yeah. shelf life almost isn't as important anymore in the digital world. I'm fucking playing games from like 10 years ago that I'm really enjoying. I'm listening to music that's like 10 years old that I'm still loving. Yeah. Yeah. I I put myself in that same boat. Like I said, I just think it's the, it depends on who's running the label and how much manpower they have to keep promoting these songs, keep promoting these releases. A hospital records is releasing shit left and fucking right but they got the manpower to do that they got the revenue yeah, and the yeah. income yeah, to yeah do they that. are that big so and that's actually a prime example of someone who is releasing or a label that is releasing music pretty much all the time
1: the thing with with hospital i mean they, they're kind of they've i don't know what the word is but they've really kind of got it successful in what they do in in the sense that they have, they, they have like a little community almost, like an exclusive mm-hmm. community, you know, they're putting yeah, events on all around the world, they've got this huge roster of, of artists and when they're playing out, they're playing all their hospital dubs, they're playing other people's hospital dubs and they've, they've created this giant community almost where, you know, they, they can afford to be putting music out like that because people will engage in that community
2: rather well, you than. We have an audience than, or not too. We have a
0: massive audience. You're right about the yeah. community. That plays a yeah.
2: big factor. I know. mean, hospital literally have the power to stealth drop something on a Friday and it still be that successful. Yeah, exactly. And you know it's going to reach the right
1: people because people mm-hmm. really follow and are, and they're invested in that label and that community rather than just. You know, as we said earlier, there's hundreds, probably thousands of drum and bass labels now all dropping singles on the last Friday of the month, for example, and it's it, it can get
0: lost. Mm. There's fucking so people yeah. running labels in cabins in the middle of nowhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dial up connection still, okay? <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, hospital being successful and all that, do you two have any, I guess, New Year's Eve resolutions for your labels like what you want to do <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean resolutions not well, for the
2: label
1: no, no, no I mean nothing specific one of my goals is the same as Curran's uh, to be honest which is just to be more organised even though I feel like I am I've sat down and spent a lot of time at the start of the year you know building documents and things like that to keep me on track and make sure the releases do do as well as they
0: can what do you truly feel like you're slugging on? Like, honestly, what do you truly feel like that you're slugging on with the label? Be honest. Organization for me, easily. Like, but why? But why? Like, what's going on? Like, what's the...
2: Well, since, since um, I mean, I don't know if I can speak for Jack here, but, you know, I work a full-time job as well, so I've got limited hours in the day to actually sort out all the label bits I want to, so then there's a backlog of things I need to do.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So you're looking that's to salty. get your time management sorted out for the label. A little that's bit. it, exactly. Pretty much that, yeah. Okay. It almost sounds like that's kinda of what you're trying to do as well, Jack, was like get a you know, you said and get a little more organized, but it looks like you're trying to spend a little bit more time with getting it, you know, neat. Yeah. Just just locking in a tighter schedule really. I mean
1: I've always stuck to one anyway. I don't think that it's something I've fallen behind in. And if if we're being like completely honest, I'm not sure. I would say there's anything I'm really like slugging on with the label, but I would say that, and other people probably find this. It, that you do often get to points with your own music and with your label and stuff like that where you think, I'm doing everything. Like, what can I do to really push this forward and get more people involved? You know, like I'm yeah. doing everything I can. What
0: is there anything that you um, think you can improve about your label, like the mm-hmm. label itself? There
1: was, there was a point where I got to last year and I was sort of considering whether or not, and as we spoke about earlier, um, not is, is the label niche enough, but is, are our releases consistent in terms of the music? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've kind of come to the realisation that one, yeah, they, they kind of are, but not too much. I, I actually think we're okay in terms of, in terms of music, but, um. Yeah, it's just, it's just difficult. Every, I mean, you, every now and then you get to a point where you feel like I've done everything, I've got all the promos in, the releases are doing well, but I, I, you know, I want to push it forward. I really want to do more. And and what's what's the next step? And it, it is difficult sometimes. But
0: I know what you mean, dude. I mean, that's with anything in life, though. Yeah, 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 definitely. Any labels that you guys want to see thrive this year? Like not yours? Okay, you fucks. <laughs> Other labels. <laughs> Um, I want to see Basics do well. I mean, it's not
2: my label, but... All right, you fucksticks. So neither Basics, <laughs> Calibrate, or Detached. Damn it. Um, I mean, since they're all good friends of mine, I have to say Differential. Really, really like those guys. I think they, I think they already <laughs> are. They're, dead. they're, I really think they're well, doing incredibly they? well, aren't yeah, they? So. They got nominated last year for uh, Best Newcomer. Mm. But that's, that's the point. So take, take that label, for
1: example... They're doing incredibly well, they're getting nominations for awards and whatnot, they're constantly smashing out with their releases. Do you you ever look at a label like that that's really successful, you know, almost shooting up as opposed to like a gradual increase in doing well? Do do you ever look at them and think, right, so what are they doing that I'm not then?
2: Um, Not in a jealous way, but in a, so what can I I take
1: from what they're doing, Um,
2: you know? um i do sometimes um differential is a good one because i always see they're doing shows like as um and they pr- promote themselves as differential showcase when they're yeah, doing events yeah, yeah. and it's and they've got this little community as well you know Leni's, dusky and all those guys shouts to all those guys and you always see them going back to back with each other and it's not always the same combos it's always different combinations what's holding so, you back from holding something like that yourself honestly i was just about to say it's just um having the contacts for me to put on a show somewhere in london having a detached crew but then the problem with my detached crew is uh well options in you. hawaii well yeah but options <laughs> on the other side of the world damien's on the other side of the world i mean jack you're you're the closest person here um and i hate you but, yeah exactly um so for me the problem is the artist not actually being in the same area so we can't really exactly do a full detached show without getting lots of
0: money in to ship them over and so on. I wonder how that works for bigger labels. Do they fly those guys out or some shit?
1: Uh, I assume there's some sort of reimbursement in place. I'd, yeah, I, I don't know, know how it works. Yeah.
0: If anyone knows, let, let us know. Yeah, All yeah. Right. I'm actually genuinely curious about that. Do they got to mm. pay their own shit or how does that work? Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll be honest. That is one... One thing that probably none of us have any knowledge or experience yeah. about, at, you know, putting on events. So if if there is someone listening that knows about that, definitely get in
0: touch because i will be I'm yeah. interested in it. Yeah. What about you, Jack? Any uh, labels that you want to see really shoot up? You know, like get up there to this year. Um, it, in all honesty, you know, not I. I
1: tend to listen to more artists than I do labels but i just think any any smaller label that's really dedicated to pushing unique sounds or artists that deserve it should should be doing well. Mm. The on, the only i wouldn't say i i wouldn't want to do anyone. I wouldn't want to see anyone do well. But in terms of labels, you know, if there's labels out there churning the same shit out all the time and not not that every label has to break boundaries, but at least not make the scene stale in, you know what i mean. They have their own little quality about them basically. Mm. So, I did, have, I did have something that I wanted to bring up. What? And uh, what do you want we to sort bring of earlier Jack? on. A, oh, thanks. Thanks, man. What do it's you really want to bring nice up, Jay? What do you want to do? <laughs> so, you know the drum and bass artist, um, Filth? No. Yeah. It's um, Dispatched. Well, he's uh, released a lot of music on Dispatched. What's, he's recently had uh, his debut album out. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, yeah. oh, right. Yeah, what about him? So, he, he recently, uh, I saw a tweet, but he's recently done an interview with UKF. Um, about the debut album, and there was just a couple of bits in there I thought would would sort of make for interesting discussion. Um, But I'll read like the first paragraph. I won't read the whole thing. Um, But the the first paragraph reads, um, so you never get a second chance to make a debut album. It's the most definitive artistic statement a musician can make. Who you are, where you're from, what makes you musically, and where you're taking your music in the future. It's the foundation for everything that follows and and that's that's taken from the interview that's not something that phil said but i mean yeah there's there's sort of a few points with that i suppose first of all i just wanted i was just curious whether or not you guys actually agree with that whether or not your first your first album is in quotations the most definitive artistic statement a musician can make
0: Mm, i'd say it's definitely a trickier statement it could be i mean i've heard of plenty of one hit wonders but I've also heard of artists, and this is not any media, I've heard of artists uh, being shit in their early days and then being really fucking good. Uh, hmm. David Lynch is a, uh, or ah, fuck, I think it's David Fincher's who I'm thinking about. He made, I think his first movie was Alien 3, and that's not a very good movie in my opinion. And in fact, in a lot of opinions, it's not a very good movie at all however pretty much everything after that has been nothing but fucking amazing yeah so i do think that uh, a debut album you know first impressions are pretty much everything because then even if you do make something good after that shitty that one shitty thing it could take a couple of good albums or a couple of good singles to get people on your side again
2: mm. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Yeah. It's definitely the stric- the trickiest but, statement to make. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on that debut album. Whether it's definitive, I'm not sure. But Yeah, see
1: this this was this was my point. It you know, and this is only the opinion of the person who wrote, but uh it, you know, it's so it's the most definitive artistic statement a musician can make. And Personally, I'm not
2: sure I agree with that. Yeah, I wouldn't fully agree with that. It's definitely the hardest statement to make, but not the d- definitive statement.
0: Do they mean like LP? Like just straight up an LP? Like what do they mean?
1: Yeah, LP, album, any anything sort of... It,
0: yeah, an, an album essentially. Mm. Mm.
1: You know, and I can see where they're coming from. I can definitely see where they're coming from. Like in the and,
0: first impressions aspect? Yeah, I can definitely see.
1: Yeah, exactly. First impressions, you know, the first big album, it probably carries the most risk and and not just in drum and bass in any genre if you're a band and you drop your first album and it's not well received even if it's produced really well written really well if it's not well received then you know as as you said Damien you've then got to try and win everyone back round and that could take two, three more albums Mm -hmm. but in terms of it being you know the first album yeah they're right you never get a second chance to do that once that's out there that's out there but in terms of it being the most definitive I'm not sure I agree with that yeah, the same. Just in the sense that you you know some of my favorite bands, all right, their first albums might be the best, but some of my favorite bands, a lot of their first, second, or even third albums haven't been great, or you know, or even well received, and then they've dropped a fourth album and it's just blown up and 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 gained them loads of new traction and defined their sound. And to me, that's definitive. Yeah, yeah like exactly. I
0: always like Nine Inch Nails. Their first couple of albums or Trent Reznor's first couple of albums they do sound sort of similar but it wasn't until um the downward spiral where you everything after that you, you could tell had a similar vibe even if it was different it had a similar vibe i mean even to his uh, like older music like uh pretty hate machine and all that you could tell there was a similar vibe there but it was really after the downward spiral so, not always is it the case that your first album is going to be like, okay, that's him and that's what he's going to be and yeah, you know, yeah. That's just not the case cuz people like to work differently sometimes. They don't always want to do the same shit. Maybe the first album sounds like this and the second album sounds entirely different. Plenty of bands, plenty of artists do it in any medium.
2: I think it might be an odd statement to make, but I reckon you can only see what an artist's definitive statement is after the artist has stopped making music. Maybe. Okay, yeah, Because how, how then you, you can see, Because then you can see their whole discography and then through that you could probably pick out one album and be like, that's the one that is most about them.
0: Mm, I think I see what you mean. Yeah. I think I see what, yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, I mean I don't, sure,
2: you might be able to see someone's definitive statement before yeah. they've even finished making music, but I think once they've finished their music career, you can sort of immediately go, yep, that's the
0: one. Well, that's. I feel like that's why we have greatest hit albums, right? Yeah, After, yeah I guess so. Yeah. After like a band is done being a band, and then they just release a compilation of all what they think, or, or maybe what other people may think is the best songs that they've made, so, yeah, And it can be very, very, very varied. Yeah,
1: I think that's the crux there, isn't it? Is that an artist might turn around and absolutely love the B-side or one of the lesser-known the lesser tracks on an album, but then other tracks on the album end up being absolute hits and people love them and that. So in terms of what they were trying to achieve with their artistic statement might be completely different mm. to how it was actually received by their fans. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I think you and I, Jack, as well, I feel like we probably know that with the labels as well. Like, one of our releases, we might think, this track's going to be the biggest hit of it, yeah. But then you realise, oh no, it was actually that track. Yeah, that's happened a lot. What did yeah, Filth respond with?
1: Well, I mean, that was, that was the opening statement, it wasn't so much a question.
2: Oh, it was just to, to sort of introduce Filth, was it?
0: Yeah. That's good, though, that Filth got a, uh, it's an LP.
2: It's a two part yes, LP, yeah, isn't it? Was
1: out on dispatched yeah. Yeah, that's it was good. was really
0: good actually, quite varied. Yeah, I remember his first couple of singles were pretty goddamn awesome like Mammoth. That was fucking badass. I remember that tune a couple of years ago. I really like filth, very diverse. Yeah, so
1: that paragraph was literally the opening statement mm-hmm. and then it's sort of followed by a few more yeah, paragraphs that kind of just describe it and then the interviews below. But the interview uh, it doesn't really cover so much
0: of what we're talking about just promoting is album. that's pretty much what that is I mean come on that's, a, that's why we do that's why a lot of people do interviews like right before something releases or something like especially in movies essentially just promoting your what you've got your product
1: yeah I mean we spoke about this before yeah, didn't we about yeah, journalism and how sort of realist, yeah, not realistic yeah. how true it is yeah we've gone over mm. that yeah the first question in the interview is, uh, is literally just this one goes deep doesn't it? That's the first question to filth.
0: I don't even know how, I don't know how I would respond to that. What did filth say to that? He said, uh, 100%. It's been a
1: long journey. Two years ago, I thought I was finishing this album. It was also my university coursework. I did a master's. And the reason I went back to study was I was teaching too
2: much. So I felt I was stagnating and not improving. He teaches what he teaches music production. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think he does. He offers um, tutoring via Skype as well. Um, huh. Yeah, Hex went up for a tutoring session with him once, said it was really useful.
0: Okay, yeah. How so, much are talking? $1,000? <laughs> $2,000? Uh, not,
2: sh- <laughs> not sure of the money, but um, actually, yeah, for any new producers listening, uh, if you want a tutor, apparently Filth is great. So there you go.
1: That was, you know, it's really weird because that was something that I would made a note of to bring up actually and discuss was the idea of sort of tutoring and that, but I'm not sure we've got enough time left. So definitely next time we can.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it's not fucking expensive.
2: Like, that's I mean, it depends, it depends on who you're getting tutoring from uh, anyway. Yeah, but yeah, sure, sure. me personally, I wouldn't go to a tutor just because I have too much of an ego. And I would just want to be like, I want to learn this myself. Well, drop it, bitch, because sometimes it's nice to learn from other people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's nice to learn. I'm not saying it's bad to learn. I just know that I would, I, I just would feel more satisfaction just uh, figuring it. It out it. by myself.
0: But sometimes, you know, you got to leave the pride at the door sometimes, you know.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, true, of course. Um, But, yeah, it's just, um, like, if there's things, like, that I know how to make on myself, then, yeah, I'll go for it. If there's times I need help, then I'll ask
0: someone, got any advice? YouTube is a great resource in general. Mm.
2: Like, YouTube is a really good
0: resource. You want to find those right ones, though. I think we've spoken about it before. You want to find the ones that go in depth. I think it all sort of, it it all rides a lot on attitude, doesn't it?
1: Because I, personally, I think it's a much better attitude to think I'm going to go on YouTube I'm going to learn how to make this sound but then decide on your own how you want to use that sound or if you want to tweak that sound Mm. I think with tutoring it's very much it you know in my opinion it would then become an issue of what's right and wrong and if you're not doing something right and I just think when you're tutoring drum and bass for, for someone to sit there and go no then no that's not the right way to process a break. Well, I think why? Right, well is my there first is question there is good and bad ways of doing things. there are things that do sound better on the ear, but really in in music and in sound there isn't there isn't any wrong way to do something. It's all experimentation and I just think when you when you start tutoring something as specific as drum and bass, for me personally that that's a bit strange to start
2: putting good and bad on, on things that, are, that should be musical, you know? I think the thing that can be quite bad about it is um, say you go to a specific tutor and then you realise, ah, their way of working probably is not for me. Then, you know, that's a lot of time, money out the window. I suppose so, yeah, but you... you but then again, it depends on how... You probably would still have learnt a lot. Yeah, you would have learned a lot. But, yeah, it just depends on how you work as well. I mean, I don't, I don't know the, the
1: specific you know, course structure and, and things like that and I don't know whether it is something that does try and stay quite technical. I suppose it depends on the tutor mm. but I think when you start getting into the, the real ins and outs of it and, and, because some of them offer to like review your tracks don't they? Yeah. you send them the track they'll review it but I think from a technical standpoint that's probably really, really helpful but, you know, does it then start bleeding into music theory and things like that? I mean, I, I don't know. If, if If anyone has the you know, gone through one of these tutoring courses. Be sure to to let us know, or if anyone has tutored, be sure to let us know. Mm. Yeah, I would, I would love to know. Actually, yeah, you know, I just I do find it quite an odd concept. I mean, I know it's I know you have things like guitar tutors where you could go to them and say, okay, I want to play rock music and only rock music. And in a sense, it's I suppose it's a bit like that, isn't it? Going to a drum and bass
0: tutor. Well, I don't imagine yeah. it's. Uh, economically what's uh, <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah, I don't think it's economically probably a good thing to go to school for mu- like music production because the job market for that I'm sorry you're probably not going to get a career or a job going with that degree first um, of all I don't, I, well, first of all I don't think it, I mean the job I don't know I don't think anybody gives a shit about your degree and I mean they'll be like oh okay you got a degree um, well let me hear what you got <laughs> I I think it
1: depends on how specific you're talking. I mean, if you're just talking about like studio engineering, but if you think of the bigger picture, you have things like live events and sound and lighting and stuff like that. I don't know if I agree. Well,
0: I think that, I mean, it's just a a lot of the top, like a lot of top musical artists. I don't really, not any of them that I know at least went to school for music. And if they did, it's usually after the fact.
1: Oh, yeah, in terms of production, yeah. But uh, but the music industry as a whole, I'm not sure I agree that yeah. it's, it's pointless. Yeah. Because you could be a sound well, I mean, engineer you do for gigs.
0: That sound what engineer you for gonna, gigs? Well, well, for, well, for like, but where? Like, is it like a career? Like, or is that all you're doing? Did you get a job with, like, did that degree get you that job? Is what I'm saying. Like, how common is that? like economically if you're looking to actually get a career and a job with some decent paying money i don't think going to music school is the best way to do that i think the best way to do that is get a degree where the job market is calling for and then do that shit on the side like maybe do some school on the side for music production yeah but that's like telling someone don't do what you love go and get a job that makes you money i'm not saying that at all i'm actually telling you to do what you love i'm just saying that on the side on the side, yeah, absolutely. Because I don't. No, I, don't I mean, what, I don't agree what do you? With that. Well, do you have a music production degree?
1: I I have A qualification. Yeah, it's not a university degree, but I do have a qualification. Well, if you were to then, well, why don't you? Why didn't you get that degree? Well, just life circumstances, to to be quite honest. You know, I set I set the label up while I was still studying, and then it just became an issue of I finished uh, finished college, and I was in a different industry. I ended up pursuing that industry instead,
0: but i mean well I'm just wondering because I don't think getting a degree in music production is it's it's not like it's gonna be easy in fact, you see a lot I see a lot of articles, a lot of people saying that you know music's like doing that is it's one of the hardest industries to break into and have a stable career like have a stable income, yeah.
1: It just, it just, I think it just depends on the specifics. If you're talking purely about music production in terms of like making music, then yeah, definitely, I think you've got a better chance just doing that on your own, pers- personally. But it, it depends what you're looking into. If you want to go into something specific in the industry, I think degrees can definitely help.
0: Oh yeah, I do. I do believe. I do believe degrees can definitely help. I mean, it's knowledge you're gonna want to use that. I'm just <laughs> saying, like career-wise, I, I don't. I just don't know it's probably very few people that have made a career like just getting out of college with like any sort of musical like musical degree it's i don't imagine it's easy no no i don't i don't think it's easy i think in any sort of
1: creative industry there's a lot more um benefit in in terms of making contacts and and getting to know people that could help you oh, out yeah yeah terms. definitely. Definitely. of studying but then yeah there are, i mean there's probably a lot of situations where degrees do help i mean i know i know people that have got degrees in sort of sound engineering as opposed to music
0: production that have
1: which is gone yeah on that's, to get jobs yeah but it's
0: probably way it's probably a better idea to get some like in sound engineering just probably opens the doors up a lot more
1: so so are you referring to kind of like the uh like the point blank music school where you, you go to school and learn how to make like dubstep wobbles and and electrical yeah. house and stuff like that yeah
0: yeah like right. don't, get, like, yeah, don't yeah. get a degree oh, okay. in that like like it's just you can not only can you learn that at home you're also not gonna have a fucking mortgage when you when you're done like yeah, there's just I, certain I, things that are economically better to do with your money I,
1: for me it's not even financial i just don't understand the the, the logic behind i
0: kind of see the logic behind it but I don't agree with it I just I think that if you believe it's gonna help you out then do it but if Mm. it's hard to find a job well then I mean hey personal choices personal accountability right I mean there's you can get degrees for for percussion
1: like playing percussion and things like that and I find Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can get degrees for anything yeah
0: I do agree that I do find right. it a bit strange, all right? But you can get degrees for pretty much fucking anything nowadays, <laughs> right? Like totally useless degrees too. Podcasting. Yeah. Well, anyways, gentlemen, I think that comes to the end of our episode. Yeah. Look at that! Yeah, it does <laughs> flew by. We appreciate all of you that stuck around through that whole year of 2019 and moving on with us to Think Break Podcast. I think it's pretty fucking awesome thank you for staying yeah yeah definitely anyone who's followed us
1: over from the basics are, that really does mean a lot to us yep hugely appreciated
0: and also the new listeners hello if you are new. oh yeah hey we hey We got hey. a little surprise <laughs> for all you for real drum and bass listeners we definitely got a surprise uh we and I, fuck it, i'm just gonna say it. it's not even yeah really say much it. Of a surprise. No, it just ruined a surprise um, <laughs> <laughs> we got colossus coming on in february and that's going to be fucking awesome. So t- stay tuned in for that episode coming next month. Um, he's excited to be on. We're fucking excited to have him on. Mm.
1: And on that note, if if there's anything in particular, anything you want to rack his brain about, you know, anything, production, mixing, live gigs, any anything you want to, you know, hear out of his mouth, then let us know and we can put that to him in the show. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, massive thank you to everyone for sticking around. Karen, do you wanna do you wanna run through the socials so everyone knows where to find us?
2: Yes. Yeah. So Think Breaks Podcast. You can reach us at Facebook, just search for Think Breaks Podcast. On Twitter, just go to at Think Breaks Cast. On Instagram, go to Think Breaks Podcast. You can email us at podcast at basicsrecordings.com. Mm-hmm and um and obviously we used to be the basics podcast if you want to listen to our old episodes you can find them on soundcloud at basics recordings
1: indeed yeah so yeah until next time thanks everyone for locking in
2: yes enjoy the rest of your day and take care peace out bye bye